At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. To the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Good evening, one and all, and welcome to the X Zone. I am Rob McConnell. And for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the X-Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio and Simul TV and iHeart Radio. If you'd like to uh, visit us on any social media site, it's Exxon Radio TV. And you can always send an email to Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. And for the, all the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Explanation My first guest tonight is Dale Jarvis. He is a storyteller and professional folklorist living on the island of Newfoundland off Canada's northeast coast. By day, Jarvis is a provincial folklorist for the province of Newfoundland and Labrador, the first provincially funded folklorist position in Canada. By night, he is the proprietor of St. John's Haunted Hike, Ghost Tour, and Recounter, a recounter of Local Tales. Dale tells ghost stories, stories of fairies and little people, tales of phantom ships and superstitions, and legends and traditional tales from Newfoundland, Labrador, and beyond. His repertoire is unique in Canada, including long-form folk and fairy tales from the island, with a wide-ranging knowledge of local legends, tall tales, and myths. His most recent book is Haunted Ground, Ghost Stories from the Rock. It's published by Flanker Press. And joining me now is Dale Gilbert Jarvis. And Dale, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you for having me. My goodness, that's quite a repertoire you've got. Um, <laughs> that's quite the intro. Yeah. yeah. Listen, tell me, uh, how did you get interested in folklores and fairies and ghost ships and and all the wonderful things that you talk about? You know, I, I think it's something that I've always been interested in. I've always been drawn to stories of the supernatural, the unexplained, the unusual. E- even when I was a little kid, you know, I was I was drawn to that type of material. Um, and 
you know, I was always interested in, in history as well. Uh, you know, I loved history in school and, and I studied uh, archaeology when I went off to university. And then from there, I, I ended up moving uh, out to the East Coast and, and there there was a, a program of folklore here at Memorial University. And that's what I that's how I ended up uh, as a folklorist, you know, studying how people tell stories about the places where they live and the and the interesting things that they believe. Well, would would you be classified as a um, a local historian when it comes to myth, tales, and urban legends? Yeah, I think that's one a pretty good way of yeah. putting it. You know, it's certainly something that I have a deep interest in, and and I'm a bit of a collector as well of of local lore and local stories. Tell me, how haunted is Newfoundland and Labrador? <laughs> that is a very good question, and I, you know, it's one of those things that's hard to really compare to other places. But you know, I, I grew up in in southern Ontario, actually not too far from from Hamilton, Brantford, Ontario. Oh my goodness! That's and just I a never couple really of knew that's ghost just a, stories growing up as a kid, right? Uh, Brantford, uh, it's just down the hall a little bit, uh, and about fifteen yeah. minutes from here, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but since coming out here, you know, I moved out here in the early 90s. And, and it's like every other person has a has a strange story about, uh, you know, some ghostly premonition that, right. you know, someone in their family had or stories of phantom ships. Lots of stories about the fairies that people still tell. Those kind of older European uh, beliefs that kind of died out in other parts of North America persisted here for a really, really long time. Do you, do you think the fairies came across uh, with the uh, the Europeans that uh, settled earlier into Canada and the United States? Yeah, you know, they, there is a really interesting uh, tradition of that here. And, and some of the stories that people tell, like you can say, okay, those are kind of Irish mm-hmm. types of fairies. And then other types of fairy stories you hear, you say, okay, those are more kind of English West Country fairies. Um, but they, they also kind of act here in a way that is different from the fairies of the old world. So whether they came with the, the settlers or they were here uh, before Europeans came, you know, they're there's an indigenous tradition in North America of uh, little people. Mm. Um, and that's true he- here on the East Coast, but all across Canada, North America, there there are lots of indigenous stories about, you know, kind of a race of hidden people that that live uh, in the in the world. And 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 so it's possible that, you know, these these things are um, stories that that pop up all all around the world you know i think you could go pretty yeah. much anywhere in the world and there's there's some kind of interaction with the unseen the uh these uh, these little people uh, are they the same description throughout uh, canada and the united states or do the descriptions change as we get into different cultural areas yeah they they really do change mm-hmm. um and even even here on the island uh, of Newfoundland, the the descriptions of them are in, are incredibly different. Uh, sometimes they approach that image of what we might think of as a as a gnome, you know, that little yeah. kind of person with a red cap. Um, but sometimes they look they look like us. They look like humans. Sometimes they uh, they might take on a non-human appearance. There was a, a tradition here of of fairies appearing in uh, little whirlwinds, uh, swirls of dust. You know, people would say, oh, that's a fairy. And, and people uh, would get picked up by these whirlwinds and, and taken off to fairy fairy realms. I, I did an interview with a woman a while back who, who told me a, a fairy story uh, where her and her sister out with her mother, and mm-hmm. this was many years ago, uh, on kind of a country road, and they could hear someone coming along on a, on a horse. It was a very, very cloudy night. And the horse stopped. The mother called out to who she thought was uh, riding the horse, because there was only one neighbor that had a riding horse rather than like, you know a work horse. Um, and the figure didn't answer. The clouds parted, the moon came out, and shone down on the horse, which was a, a natural flesh and blood kind of horse. But there was a, a, a man on the horse who was made of shadows. He had no discernible features. He just had the, the shadowy outline of a person, as if a shadow had come to life. And he turned the horse off to one side and disappeared off into the bush. And people said that that was a fairy rider, you know, so it had kind of human form, but mm-hmm. obviously not really uh, human in the way that we would think of a human looking. 
Since getting to Newfoundland, have you yourself have ha- have you had a paranormal experience of any kind? Yeah, I <laughs> I bought a house that came with its own set of ghosts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I purchased a house in St. John's, 1999, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of not too far from from downtown St. John's, not too far from the harbor, maybe a 10 minute walk. Right. And uh, there was a story about a woman who had died in the house. She had died in the front hall. An older woman who had lived here alone for many years, and her spirit. May still haunt the place, but she's not a, a terrifying spirit in any way. Relatively helpful, uh, and is has been known at times to return items that are lost. So, if, for example, I've lost, you know, my keys or something, yeah. I can ask for the spirit to bring them back. Um, there's also in this house the energy of a black cat. Um, which I have personally uh, experienced several times. People who, who are around cats will, will know the sensation of having a cat brush up against yes. your, your lower yeah. leg. And I have felt that and looked down and, and there isn't a cat there. And I have seen out of the corner of my eye a black cat in various locations in the house. So for whatever reason, that the home that I am in is one that comes replete with paranormal energy. You have your own your own ghost. Does the ghost make contact with you? Does it try to communicate with you? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. No, I've I've kind of uh, seen its after effects. You know, so if I have missed something and I will ask for it back, right. that that object will appear in a strange location. But uh, a friend of mine, uh, her mother, uh, came to pick her up from the house at one point, and said, "Oh, you know, I saw you know." Uh, Dale's wife sitting in the the rocking chair in the front room, um, and this friend said, "Oh no, she wasn't. She wasn't home at that point." But the the mother had clearly seen the figure of this woman with kind of long dark hair in a rocking chair uh, in the front room of our house. So uh, some people have seen her. I I have not. She's not made herself vis- visible to me. Dale, stand by. You and I have to take our first break for this hour. Exonation. Our guest is Dale Gilbert Jarvis. And his website is, are you, do you have your pencils and paper ready, Exonation? There's two of them, www.nlunexplained.ca and www.hauntedhike.com. Dale and I will continue talking about haunted Newfoundland and Labrador here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Not very far down the road from where Dale grew up in Brantford, Ontario. This is the Exxon. I am Rob O'Connell. www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com is where you can get your local, your very own copy of the X Chronicles newspaper. And uh, for all the programming information that we have on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. We'll be back on the other side of this short break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 
15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. We're back on Simul Radio, Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, let me see, Simul TV, and of course, iHeartRadio, Dale Gilbert. Jarvis is our special guest, www.nlunexplained.ca and www.hauntedhike.com. Gail, uh, Dale, in your opinion, what is a ghost and why do they hang around? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. You know, I think I think the the standard idea of a ghost being the spirit of someone who is left behind um, doesn't really a- explain all the the strange things that we that we do hear stories about or that we experience. You know, Newfoundland has this amazing tradition of phantom ships, yes. for example, um, and so very clearly that they they are not you know, um, what we would think of as a soul. You know, I, I like to think of ghosts as being almost hiccups in time. Uh, I think I think sometimes for those sort of anniversary hauntings where something tragic has happened, like a, like a death or a, a murder or a shipwreck or a disaster, and then there is a haunting that happens on the anniversary of that, perhaps what we are looking at are are kind of psychic echoes you know, of the past, or, or, or perhaps we are perceiving an event that is actually happening in the past over and over and over. Um, sometimes, though, one of the most common types of stories that I, I hear from people in Newfoundland is what, what here people would call a token. And, and this is called other things in other places. They, some people call them forerunners in, in Nova Scotia or fetches in Ireland. Mm-hmm. That's where someone gets a warning of some kind that someone close to them has either recently died or that their death is about to occur. Um, and that can manifest itself in a number of different ways. But uh, And I think that that uh, kind of speaks to a, like a deep bond between people of some kind so that at the moment of someone's passing that there is this kind of link between the two that kind of pulls them together before right. they are separated for eternity. Um, that's probably the most common type of story that I, mm-hmm. that I hear from people, that they, that they have had something happen at the moment or just before someone's death. Now, you, you said that the anniversary hauntings uh, occur on a date perpetually, right? Yeah. But let me, yeah. Ask, you, let me ask you this. What happens in a leap year? <laughs> That's a very good question. So that nature has a way of sort of sorting itself out somehow. Uh, the, um, you know, the, these are, are ancient stories. And, and sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, if, if maybe our perception of the way the, the universe unfolds is, is really quite imperfect. You know, I think, I think the world works in mysterious ways and, and our 
our ability to comprehend mm-hmm. the vastness and the mystery of the universe is perhaps not as uh, as great as we like to think it is. Right. Um, tell us about some of the phantom ship stories that that you tell those people who come to visit with you. Yeah, one of the one of the ones that uh, I quite like is a, is a story about a ship called the Isle of Skye. Um, there was a, a family here, the Mackey family, in a place called Holyrood, which is m- not that far from St. John's, 40 minutes or so outside of St. John's, in kind of mm-hmm. the bottom of Conception Bay. Um, they were a fishing family. And, and like many families, they had a fishing premises in Labrador. So they would kind of sail out at the beginning of the fishing season. They would, they would go to Labrador, they would fish, um, and then return back to, uh, to Newfoundland and then sell their fish to the, the merchants here. Uh, one year, there was um, one of the young brothers, one of the Mackey brothers was quite sick. And so the family waited as long as they could, but eventually left without him, not really knowing if they would ever see him again. And the boy uh, recuperated. He recovered his health. Uh, He stayed with his mother for that summer while the brothers were out fishing. And and in the fall of the year, uh, he looked out one moonlit night out into the bay and he could see the Isle of Skye sailing in uh, to the harbor. And he said to his mother, I'm going to go out with the little rowboat and get my brothers and you put the kettle on and, and we'll have a cup of tea got out, rowed out to the center of the bay, and there was nothing there. There was mm. no ship whatsoever. Uh, and mystified by this, he he rowed back and told his mother what had happened. And a few days later, um, word came that the Isle of Skye had been caught in a storm further north, and all hands had been lost on the ship. And what he had seen was one of these kind of hauntings of, of the ship returning to the port it, it had left but would never return to in a physical form. And that haunting, the haunting of the Isle of Skye, returns every year, people say, around that same time of year, in the fall of the year when the, when the fishermen would have come home. Um, and what is interesting, in, in that particular area, that return of that ghost ship is now seen as a warning of a, a coming storm. So it might not be tied specifically to a date, right. but tied to a type of uh, weather pattern. Uh, and, and that is a recurring theme with a lot of these kind of ghost ship stories that uh, they now serve as a warning of something that is going to happen uh, in the present so that there might be a terrible storm or the wind is about to change or something like that. Um, lots of stories like that uh, story of the, of the Isle of Skye. What are some of the most haunted places in Newfoundland? Things, interestingly enough, tend to cluster. That's one thing that I've, I find as someone who's been collecting ghost stories here for over two decades. Uh, what I find really interesting is how there are certain areas of, I guess what you would say, high weirdness, where, where things unusual uh, tend to happen in close proximity to others. So in St. John's, as an example, there's a, a street downtown, Victoria Street. It used to be called Meeting House Lane. There was a Congregationalist Meeting House of the street back in the 18th century. Um, that street, for whatever reason, is a street that has more ghosts, you know, per uh, per mile than any other street that I mm. that I know of, um, and and a real range of stuff. Uh, some of them are contemporary uh, ghost stories. There, there's a, a theater there that is said to be haunted by the ghost right. of a uh, of a young man who's involved with the theater, who's there. Uh, ghostly lights, ladies gliding on the stairs. There's a remarkable yeah. story that was in the local newspaper in 1907 about two screaming hair pulling ghosts uh that that appeared in a in a room ghostly knockings uh quite a quite an active area and and i honestly don't know why that area has more ghost stories you know you could go one block over mm-hmm. and it and there is not the same depth of stories but there's really? something about that little piece of ground that is a magnet for strange activity cat fight in the theater with two ghosts pulling each other's hair now <laughs> now when you've gone to these places to check the stories out have you seen any of the of the stories play out in real time 
You know, no, and it's interesting because I, I, I'm always interested in in kind of historical stories. So sometimes sure. the stories I'm interested in are stories that happened a hundred years ago. But now I have had many people come on the the tour that I run, the haunted hike that I run through St. John's, right. and. And perhaps I am not a, a sensitive uh, person in in that in the way that some others are. We actually had a, a woman come on the ghost tour just this past week. Uh, I wasn't doing the tour that night, but one of my guides was doing the tour, and he and he said to me afterwards that this woman had come to a certain spot where we tell a story about a, a famous murder case where two children were murdered back in the 1950s. And uh, there is a, a ghost story that is associated with it. And the woman on the tour had the sense of that woman being present and mournful and weeping. Um, they moved on to another spot uh, on the tour and the same woman had uh, an encounter uh, with a, a jovial gentleman is how she described him. So very, very clearly there are, there are things that are still kind of happening in the neighborhood. Um, and I guess different people, depending on their level of sensitivity, can experience these things. Why do you think ghost hunting, ghost research, ghost tours are so popular these days? I think I think people are fascinated. You know, it, it is that it is that eternal mystery. You know, what what happens to us? Mm -hmm. You know, when 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 we walk through this life, what happens next? People are fascinated by that. Uh, I think people come on my ghost tour. Um, because they are they are curious and and certainly there is that that element of the macabre as well people like a, a scary kind of spooky story but I think people come on my tour who are at both ends of the belief spectrum I get people who are absolutely true believers people who have had experiences themselves uh, who uh, you know have had experiences on the the haunted hike but then I also get people who are die-hard skeptics, debunkers, who who nonetheless are really fascinated by these stories and they, they attend for a different kind of reason. But um, everyone who comes is there because they are they are interested in the unexplained. They they there is a a human desire to experience the strange and the unusual. And I think that's why people come. But how much of the strange experiences that people have are caused by their own psyche. Yeah. You know, I I have met a lot of people who have had uh, strange experiences, uh, paranormal experiences, and I think there is a, a correlation to a certain extent um, between the people who uh, tend to attract maybe negative type of spiritual energy and, and people who are experiencing some kind of trauma in their own life. Um, I, I think energy feeds on energy, and I, and I have seen that firsthand. You know, I have heard stories from people um, about experiences that they have had of a paranormal nature, and I, and I know that they are, are living particularly stressful lives. And so sometimes I think there's a correlation between those two things, as you say. All right, Dale, stand by. Dale Gilbert Jarvis is our special guest this hour, ExoNation, www.nlunexplained.ca and www.hauntedhike.com. And Dale and I will be back on the other side of the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. 
live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, one and all. Dale Gilbert Jarvis is our special guest all the way in Newfoundland tonight. And his website is www.nlunexplained.ca. And NL for all of you who are saying, what does NL stand for? That's Newfoundland Labrador. Unexplained.ca and www.hauntedhike.com. Gilbert, how do you go about researching the uh, stories that you tell? Uh, Do people know that you do what you do and they come to you and they say hey listen yeah. Gilbert, you're not going to believe this i should say dale dale you're not going to believe this story but i've got an uncle way back when who told me this story yeah it happens to me all the time and i think because i am so uh known now in the community people will go uh, come up to me and say oh you're the you're the ghost guy i was yeah. i was at a hardware store earlier tonight and a man shouted out across the the way he's like oh you know i was just thinking about you and ghost stories so it, it does happen i got into a cab uh, this is a true story. I got into a cab a little while ago, and uh, the cabbie was kind of looking at me, and and he said, "You're the ghost guy," and I said, "Yeah, I'm the ghost guy." And I've developed almost a bit of a sixth sense for when someone has a story for me. And so I, we were driving uh, through town. I, we we're heading to work, and uh, and so we got chatting, and I said, "Where did you grow up?" And he said, oh, I grew up in the south side of St. John's. Now, south side of the harbor has a lot of ghost stories and a lot of fairy stories as well. And I said, oh, lots of fairy stories on the on the south side. And he said, no, I never never heard any any stories about the fairies. He said, but uh, I do know the story about the ghost kittens. Ghost kittens. And I, <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I have a ghost cat. I need to know the story about the ghost kittens. And he said there was a fellow that he knew when he was, uh, when he was growing up. And those of us who are animal lovers, as I am, there's kind of a sad part to this story. At a certain point in our not that distant history, if you we didn't have humane societies, if you had a cat who had a a, a litter of kittens that were unwanted, mm. a, a common thing for people to do would be to put the kittens in a bag and take it down to the harbor and, and dispose of the kittens that way. Yeah. And that is what this gentleman had done. He had taken this bag of kittens and then thrown it into the harbor, watched it sink down into the water, and he went home that night. And that night he was in his kitchen, made himself a cup of tea, and he looked up, and here sitting on the window ledge, 
outside his window was a row of soaking wet. Oh my gosh. Ghostly kittens, <laughs> translucent kittens here sitting on the on the window who had come back to haunt him for his deed. And and this was the story that this cab driver uh, told me on my way to work one morning. And that happens to me all the time. So in terms of the, the, the research that I do, mm-hmm. uh, people quite often will come up to me and tell me a story in, in passing. And my standard uh, kind of procedure is to then kind of try to arrange a time where I can uh, record them telling their story or, or get them to email me the story. Uh, and then I try to do uh, the historical research, I guess, to kind of flesh out that story. I, I try to see if there are other stories like it in the, in the area or, or to kind of get to some of the the background. Now, a little story like that might not have much with it, but if I have, hear a story about a haunted house, for example, or a haunted uh, uh, shop or, or church, uh, I, there are a lot of historical records that help me try and um, piece together what really happened in the past. And I love that kind of historical detective work mixed with my love of ghost stories. What has been your most awe-inspiring moment while conducting a ghost investigation, uh, you, doing the research for one of your stories? Goodness, that's a very good question. I, there, are, there are certain buildings that really stand out in my mind. One of my favorite haunted buildings here in St. John's is the, our old Masonic Temple. It's a beautiful uh, late Victorian brick uh, Masonic Temple, three stories. It has the great um, all-seeing eye of the architect of the universe in, in copper at the top of the building. Um, and that is a particularly haunted building. The Masons um, uh, ran it for over 100 years. Uh, wow. They eventually moved out of the building. The building is now a, a dinner theater a performance space. Um, and, and it's always been my great pleasure to go into that space. There was a gentleman, John Warren, who worked there for many, many years, an, an English gentleman who was one of the Masons, and he had amazing stories about his personal experiences. And I got to go through uh, with the building with him and, and see you know, some of these spaces that had been uh, that the Masons had kept very secret for, for a, a long, long time, including their, their chamber of contemplation, which is this kind of dungeon-like space in the building where non-Masons never would have been allowed to get in. So being able to you know, kind of be invited into these these story rich ghost rich spaces right. and be able to do uh, research has been a, a great pleasure why do you believe uh, ghostly tales are so important to newfoundland and labrador culture I think it, it, we, we do have a great storytelling culture here. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you, you're hard-pressed to meet a Newfoundlander who can't tell you a great story. It's, you know, we're, we're known for that now. Yeah. I think across North America, you know, a lot of Canadian comedians and actors, that they have Newfoundland roots. And, um, and I think that's part of the, that kind of Anglo-Irish tradition of just being really great, great storytellers. I, I think stories are a way of, of keeping the history alive. And... Um, I think people are are kind of proud of their their connection to the supernatural world. In, in other parts of North America, I think if you start mm-hmm. talking about ghosts, you start talking about fairies. You know, people think, oh, there's something not quite right with that person. But but here, it's really it's almost a there's a bit of pride that comes with that because it it does show that link to the heritage and culture of the place. There's a uh, there's a comedian from Newfoundland. I believe it's Jimmy Carr. Uh, he's I think he's English, but he's he's here all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah we uh, my wife and I went down to Niagara and uh, watched his uh, part of his uh, Christmas uh, TV special for CBC mm. a couple of years ago. And, and I must tell you something. There were a number of Newfoundlanders uh, from the Greater Toronto area that were in Niagara. And you Newfoundlanders are warm, fun-loving, great people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know this the um, the the musical, the Broadway musical, Come From Away, which has right. been such a great hit. You know, um, it, it's been a great thing to to see people respond to that that story of how of how generous and hospitable and funny Newfoundlanders are. It's a it's a good it's a good place to be. Why do you think there's so much richness uh, 
of paranormal activity in Newfoundland compared to New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, PEI, you know, I, I've, I haven't heard very many stories from PEI and I've been doing this show for 28 years, yeah. but, but Newfoundlanders, we had John Mallard on the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Who's done a lot of great EVP research. Yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a great guy. Yeah, great I, I think, I think part of it is that, uh, we have such a great, um, depth of history here. Mm-hmm. You know, the Europeans were here in Newfoundland much, much earlier than they were anywhere else in North America. We have the one of the only authenticated Viking settlements in yeah. North America here in Newfoundland at Lansom Meadows. Um, so so that, and, and we actually have, as part of that, the oldest ghost story, the oldest European ghost story in North America is, is one of these Viking stories. In the Vinland sagas, there's a story of a, of a gentleman, um, uh, Thorstein, who was one of the sons of Eric the Red, uh, who had died in, in the New World, who had died in Vinland. And uh, he, at one point, uh, his corpse, before they could take it back to, to Greenland, his corpse kind of sat up, this revenant corpse, and spoke words of prophecy to his wife, Gudrid, and, and then before collapsing back down again. So we have a thousand odd years of, of these European ghost stories. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the, the advantages we have over some of the other parts of Canada in terms of our, our ghostly history. And ExoNation, if you weren't uh, listening uh, the other night when I had John Mallard on, I must tell you that just the name of his book tells you what kind of great people the Newfoundlanders are. It's, it was called Newfie EVP. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's yeah. it all. He's, doing, he's he's a great guy. He's, he's doing lots of great work here, and, yes. and really kind of promoting that that more um, investigative yes. side of of ghost hunting. Yeah. Wow. Um, any any other type of paranormal activity in Newfoundland? Uh, for example, uh, sea monsters. Oh yes, yeah. so, I mean we could do a whole show just on Newfoundland sea monsters. Really? There's there's an incredible history of that here, and some of them, you know, are are based in actual science uh, fact. You know, the one of the very first sighting uh, scientific sightings and studies of the giant squid and we all know about giant squid now right. but there was a time when they were believed to be kind of mythological creatures the kraken right yeah <sighs> and the first place that they were really studied in any kind of scientific way was here in in Newfoundland there was a a methodist uh, or presbyterian minister who who was a, a naturalist he was really interested in, in natural philosophy and 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 the the ecology of the seas and fishermen had been there had been a uh, two fishermen and a boy had been out in a little rowboat near Bell Island, and um, they had gone after what they thought was wreckage. They had reached out with a hook to kind of hook into what they thought was something that had been jettisoned from a ship or wreckage from a ship, and it opened one giant kind of baleful eye and then cast oh these great gosh. tentacles around their little uh, rowboat. Um, threatening to sink it, the, the Newfoundlanders fought back, took an axe, chopped off one of these tentacles, uh, brought it back to Portugal Cove and presented it to the local minister who said, oh, you know, this, there's this minister in St. John's, Moses Harvey, go take your tentacle to him. And he he hung this tentacle up in his bathtub and photographed it. He was an amateur photographer. This was in the 1890s. And the very first um, kind of scientific study of the, the giant squid named the giant squid after that, that prominent Newfoundlander. The, the name of the squid was Architeuthis harvii, after, after Moses Harvey, who had uh, done this first study of the giant squid. So some of them are scientific stories, but then there's other well, really... Well, we're going to have to go and do a bit of a cliffhanger here, my friend, because I've got to take my final break. <laughs> no worries. All right, Explanation. Dale Gilbert Jarvis is our guest this hour. www.nlunexplained.ca and www.hauntedhike.ca. And he is the author of Haunted Ground Ghost Stories from the Rock. It's published by Flanker Press. And we'll talk more about his book on the other side of this break. Don't go away. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is TV. TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 
500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back, one and all. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. For all of you who keep sending me emails on, Rob, where's Hamilton? Well, it seems that you either do not have MapQuest or you do not have Google Earth, so I'll tell you. If you know where Lake Ontario is, you know, one of the great five lakes in North America. Okay, everybody's shaking their head, yes, okay. Um, if you find, when you find Toronto on the north shore of Lake Ontario, and then you find Niagara Falls, that is where the Niagara River flows into Lake Ontario from Fort Erie. If you come towards, if you go north towards Toronto on the QEW, you're going to see it kind of looks like a horseshoe. Well, we call that the golden horseshoe. And Hamilton is smack dab in the middle of the horseshoe. And, uh... Next time you're around, drop in, say hi. Friendly people, just like all Canadians are friendly people, including our good friends on the East Coast, and especially in Newfoundland. We had John Mallard on earlier this week, and uh, tonight we're talking to Dale Gilbert Jarvis. His website is nlunexplained.ca and hauntedhike.com. Tell us about, uh, we were doing a bit of a uh, of a uh, cliffhanger because we were talking about the Kraken's tentacle that was oh, hanging yeah, yeah. up in the uh, minister's bathtub and he was an amateur photographer. Yes, yeah. And so the, the, there's a great tradition of that here. And not just not just giant squid, but mm-hmm. I, I could go on and on. There's lots of stories about mermen and uh, giant fanged seahorses. Fishermen love to spin a yarn, I think, <laughs> sometimes. So uh, we have this great tradition of, of these sea monsters. But, you know, the, the, the oceans are largely still unexplored. We, we, yeah. we don't know how many uh, strange things lurk beneath the surface. And a lot of lives have been lost. Isn't there a uh, gra- isn't there a graveyard in St. John's where a number of the people who lost their lives on the t- Titanic are buried? 
that graveyard is in Halifax. Halifax. Sorry, right. Halifax. Newfoundland was yeah. the place where the the, the message yes. was received. Right. Uh, and then the the ships that came to pick up the survivors and and to pick up some of the bodies went on right. to Halifax. And so there is a quite quite a, a moving uh, graveyard there in Halifax that that is a memorial to some of those victims. Yeah. What are the what are the most recent ghost stories that that you talk about? You know, I I, st I still get ghost stories from people all the time. People who have strange strange experiences. Uh, you know, there are there are buildings here that that uh, continue to have uh, ghost stories. I got an email a little while ago, which I haven't followed up yet, but mm -hmm. a woman was telling me about a, a haunted Tim Hortons, which is our great oh, Canadian no. uh, donut and coffee chain. So uh, there are there are contemporary stories. That's that's the exciting thing for someone like me. I'm interested in historical stories. But uh, ghost stories continue today. There's still people who have strange experiences. And so I, I love collecting um, some of those modern stories. Mm -hmm. In my book, uh, uh, Haunted Ground, I document some of these more kind of urban legend, strange contemporary stories as well. So we have uh, stories from – there's a place called Glovertown here in Newfoundland, which has a – very localized urban legend about a creature called Red Eyes, which Ooh. is a ghost of a man who was killed in a uh, what was a, an unfinished mill, a, a, a pulp mill. Mm -hmm. And his his ghost has been seen recently kind of haunting this place with these glowing red eyes that uh, peer out of the darkness and a lot of a lot of stories in that community specifically about that particular spirit. All right. As as we're in Ontario. Not very far from where Tim Horton started. I have to ask you about the haunted Tim Hortons. I really <laughs> that's, do. Yeah, that's that's it. That's on my to-do list, and and I I think it's going to be interesting, just because I think it's one of these uh, examples of how ghost stories are, if if you'll pardon the expression, a living tradition. You yeah. know that they are still things that. Uh, that uh, unfold. So I, I don't have a lot of details. That's for future. That's for future work. So I'll have to when I know more about the haunted Tim Hortons, I'll have to come back and let oh, you know. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, how long did it take you to write your book Haunted Ground uh, Ghost Stories from the Rock? And, and how many stories are in your book? Oh gosh, uh, how many stories are in the book? The the books uh, it's about 120 pages or so, and there are I, I like to break things down into chapters that mm -hmm. are kind of related. So uh, there's a there's a number of stories. How how long did it take me? That's a that's a hard question to answer as well because I'm I'm constantly collecting stories and and writing stories. Uh, I have the blog website that you mentioned NL Unexplained. So quite often what I'll do is I will. I will I will learn the the core uh, of a story. I'll learn right. a bit of a story, and I'll I'll write a couple blog entries about it. I'll do a bit of research. I'll put that out there, and then solicit more information. So uh, sometimes the books uh, take a, a fairly long time to write. Uh, generally, what I tend to do is I kind of putter away at a bunch of stories. Then when I have a good group of stories, I'll kind of sit down for a month or two and really kind of refine them. So the the process of writing that book, you know, on and off, maybe about maybe about two years to write that particular book. And how many stories do you have all told? Oh my goodness, uh, hundreds, I would really? say, Hun hundreds of, 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 of stories. The, the Haunted Ground is, I think, the sixth book of ghost stories that I've written, so there's no shortage. Years ago, I was asked <laughs> to write a, a ghostly uh, column um, yes. called uh, uh, Newfoundland Unexplained for the local newspaper. They'd asked me to write it weekly, and I thought... Uh, there's no way I can come up with 52 stories for a year. And so I wrote it every other week. I said, I, th I thought I could get 26 stories. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that column for 10 years. My and goodness. I never ran out of stories. Um, with all these stories out there, with all of these hauntings that are going on, uh, do you find that there's a lot of ghosts that kind of linger on in hotels and bars? Yeah, one of the one of the stories that I tell on the St. John's haunted hike is a mm -hmm. is a ghostly tavern story, which is quite a gruesome little story. Um, and taverns and bars and hotels are those places that do tend to uh, attract stories. There there was a 
uh, a little inn downtown St. John's that is no longer, it's actually for sale right now. Someone's looking to buy a haunted property. Um, and I remember going and talking to the city archivist at one point, and she said there was a couple who had stayed there who had come in, and they had had strange experiences in the hotel, and they were looking for information about the history of the building. And she, she gave them what she could. The next day, another couple came in and looking for information on the building. And she said, oh, you must know the first couple, the couple that was in here yesterday. And right. they said, no, we don't, we don't know them. But then they proceeded to tell uh, a very, very similar experience about the exact same hotel, the ghost of a man, which uh, locals have called Jacob, a, a figure of a man kind of in Edwardian evening clothes, um, smoking a pipe who has been seen kind of leaning against the fireplace in one of those in one of those upper rooms of the hotel. Any reports of UFOs that have come to your desk? Yes, and there are some great people here who are doing lots of work on UFOs as well. I'll have to hook you up with our local UFO expert, Lee Tizard, who Please has done do, yeah. really a, a lot of great work documenting that. Um, and, we, and we had a couple uh, U.S. Uh, bases here uh, during, the, during the Second World War and the yep. Cold War. And so the Project Blue Book, so those of you who are you know, UFO aficionados will know Project Blue Book. Uh, there are several accounts of UFO sightings here um, in relation to those American air bases, uh, both in Newfoundland and in Labrador. Well, isn't there still a, a joint U.S.-Canadian base on in Gander? Um, the, or is that yeah, strictly there's, there's, Canadian now? There's still, there's still a, a, a Canadian base anyway yeah. in Gander, and uh, Happy Valley Goose Bay in Labrador right. is often used for low-level flight testing and things like that. So it's a great, great military and aviation history here. Have you been able to see a correlation between the people who are seeing these apparitions or these ghosts, um, a common thread? You know, that, I, that is something that I haven't been able to do. What actually astonishes me is, is how varied the people are. Mm -hmm. y you would think there's maybe one type of person that has experiences, but I, I right. find honestly the opposite to be true, that I, I meet people from all walks of life, very, very different people, mm -hmm. you know, businessmen and school teachers and young people, old people, uh, all of whom who have had uh, uncanny experiences, and there really isn't a common thread that links them. It, it, the, the paranormal doesn't seem to uh, differentiate in, in, in some way. They, they appear to who they will appear to. What are your final thoughts for our listening audience around the world? Uh, I guess just, you know, I, be curious. I, I, I am constantly curious, and I'm always listening to people. Um, I think sometimes people, uh, I, I find people are at times reluctant to tell their stories because they think they're going to be um, derided or mocked because of what what has happened to them. And I think right. we we miss out when we when we take that approach. We we need to keep kind of an open mind and ask questions and listen to people's stories. Where can people buy copies of your books? If you go to Flanker Press uh, online, you can just do a Google search for Flanker Press. I think it's flankerpress.com. Uh, you can uh, find the books through there, or you can go to my website, nlunexplained.ca, uh, and there is a section there called Books, and you can click on that, and that will take you right to the book website as well. Dale, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. I wish you continued success both in your your folklorist role as well as uh, being the man behind Haunted Hike. Don't be a stranger to us here in the X-Zone. And when you find out that information on the Haunted Tim Hortons, <laughs> please let us know. We'll get you right back on. I will. It's been, a, it's been a treat to have a chat. Take care of yourself, young man. You too. Bye-bye now. X-Zone Nation, our guest this hour has been Dale Gilbert Jarvis. His websites are nlunexplained.ca and hauntedhike.com. And he is in St. John's, Newfoundland. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.